All right. Good morning. How's everybody? You did a little quick change? <laughs> did you ask mom for permission? You know. <laughs> but, you, but you did honor the request. You had the uniform on. You didn't say you was keeping it on. Yeah, so that's your out. That's your out. All right. All right. You know. Malcolm wears that uniform all the time, so this is his opportunity to get a break, all right? But he did sacrifice for mama, <laughs> all right? So, so give him some grace there, all right? All right? I don't want the folk in church to see you, baby. <laughs> All right, so we, we talk about courage. Took some courage to change, right? So, so we've been talking about courage, and uh, we actually had homework, right? Look, Shamita said, oh, so either one, Shamita wasn't here last week, or two, Shamita didn't check the video out. So, Shamita, you're in detention. All right, so y'all, y'all remember what the homework was? So, uh, okay, Shamita did her homework. All right, because we talked about having a courageous week. Y'all remember that? Uh, And we talked about practicing courage by taking faith steps in the midst of some uncertainty this week, right? Right? Pastor Mel confirmed that you actually did, right? You actually did, right? Um, So... Did you have the courage this week uh, to let the people you love, like, you know, um, learn of your faith and the operating faith? Like, did you have the courage to speak the truth and love this week? All right, we got some yeses and some people like, I wasn't here, so I wasn't responsible for the assignment. <laughs> right? Right? What'd you say, baby? Karen did. Karen did? Okay, we got Karen. So did everybody call the, 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 the teacher to find out if, you know, uh, how about you, Tanya? Courage? Yeah, y'all probably operating courage not to get in the flesh, right? That was the courage right there, right? The walk in love even though you wanted to take the contractor's heads off, right? All right, so, 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 and we talked about it because we, you know, a lot of times God, not a lot of times, God gives us advanced information, so a lot of times we get advanced information, and then we're going to get an opportunity to apply it, you know, especially with the, the people at the job, uh, you know, some other different situations, family situations, because family loves you, but sometimes they have a way of just obligating you to what's comfortable for them was not best for you. And it's not like they're really against you. They're just for themselves, right? Or they might not be for themselves. It's the way we've always done it. So it's hard for them to embrace maybe your courage to, you know, not be against family, but to enhance family, take family to another level. You know what I'm saying? Do some things um, like learn from the family foundation, but now use your personality to advance some things, right? I'm helping y'all out, you know, because, you know, some of y'all going to have to explain why y'all doing things different, right? And difference is for God, not somebody's trying to get me to do what's personally comfortable for them. I'm going to come against them by doing just what I want to do. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be obedient. 
So God backs your obedience. Does that make sense? All right? So, you know, you got another week to be encouraged, to operate in courage. All right? Can we, can we try that? All right, so uh, we talked, we said courage is our prescription for fear, right? That's our prescription for fear, courage. You know, you, you showed up at the spiritual hospital and you was dealing with some fear, so the prescription is courage, courage right? You know, we, we talked about Joshua where he was told to be of good courage, right? To be of good courage. And so 2 Timothy 1, let's go there since... Courage is our prescription for fear. We go to 2 Timothy. And so interesting how courage probably is not taught as much, but is needed so much. You know, um, you know, it's hard. It's hard, you know, to deal with peer pressure. You know, and peer pressure starts when you're real young, you know, some of your kids in the nursery deal with peer pressure. <laughs> you know, it, just, it starts, you know what I'm saying? It really does. It starts real young where you're tempted to conform because that's what's accepted by everybody. But to stand alone, that takes courage, right? How about to stand in the face of the envious and jealous people? Because really nobody has to be envious, jealous. You know why? Because God gave you something special. So really, envy and jealousy is the fear of I'm not able to reach inside of me and pull out my treasures, so I'm going to hate on you for, for pulling out yours, right? When really, when someone's pulling out their treasures, that's actually placing the demands on you to go deep inside of yourself. You don't need to be envious and jealous. You just need to go deeper in God, right? Even though sometimes we excuse God, God. It ain't all that. Okay. Well, you know, then you will be unfulfilled, and now you can only live in envious and jealous, which that's a sad life, don't you think? Like you wake up every day thinking of how you can sabotage somebody else's happiness. You know you read what you sow, don't you? I don't know why I'm sharing this. Maybe somebody needs to hear that. Out there in TV land, y'all envious and jealous of somebody? Well, around here, we understand that you, you have to uh, appreciate to elevate, Right? Right? We good? Yeah. Hey, some people don't, can't even get their testimony. God blessing them in the family, they can't even tell nobody because people be what? You know, hating. Right? They just want to share what God is doing. But, ah, I don't want to share that. You know, they're going to be uncomfortable. That ain't freedom. Right? Right? So we have to be, have courage even to let our light shine. But let's get to 2 Timothy 1. Because somebody's asking me to get off of that particular angle, okay? 2 Timothy 1, 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. You know, that, that's a clear thinking mind. So this is what God has afforded us. So if we're, we don't have the strength or the courage to operate, right, um, and we can't operate love, which is selflessness, because it takes courage to not always be thinking about self. And we don't have a clear mind because, again, fear has, is, is, has torment, is what the Bible says. Like, it's, it torments you. And it, it tries to build up voices where you live uh, with 
all these worst case scenarios being communicated to you by the adversaries, demons, and imps, right? That's why the Bible says, cast down all imaginations, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought to the captivity to the obedience of Christ Jesus, right? We know that 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Well, it says that because people probably won't tell you, but the reason why people are unsettled is because it's a lot of noise, a lot of worst case scenarios. What are they, they going to think about this? What are they going to think about that? Well, you think, you think uh, uh, he's going to fire me. You know, every time the boss calls you, you shaking. What you shaking for? You know, you don't need to be shaking. You're doing your job, right? You're just like, what's up? You know, just come have a conversation. And even if he has different angles, you, you're doing your thing. So you're like, hey, let me break it down to you, right? But sometimes, uh, whether it's the boss, whether it's your parents or, or your spouse, your spouse call your name, like, oh, what is it now, right? Because in your mind, it's got to be something bad. Right? Now, some of y'all are dealing with people that only think negative. Like the whole day is worst case scenarios, right? And so hopefully we can um, snatch that out uh, through some courage. Because you got to have the courage to not think the worst and worry about the worst. Let it play itself out, right? It takes some courage to do that, right? Because it, it like, does worrying about it change the circumstances? Actually, but it assists the circumstances. Job said that in Job 3.25, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. But guess what? We can flip that script. The thing that we greatly faith can come upon us. Right? Right? So, anyway, that wasn't in the notes, but I thought I'd share that. All right, so, so again, if this courage is our prescription for fear, we know that God doesn't want us operating fear because he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. That didn't come from God. So, he wants to flush that out, right? Let's go to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, you know, just, just so you have some scriptures, script, script, scriptures. So Hebrews 13 and for our conversation today, we'll lock in on verse 6, but I want to read verse 5 because we talked about the envy and jealousy, right? It says, let your conversation, that word conversation in the Greek means your manner of living. Right? So let your man of living be without covetousness. Now, that covetousness is selfishness. Right? It says, be content with such things as you have. Right? So, see, see I won't be envious. I got what I have. I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm content but not satisfied. I'm always moving towards things. But I'm content with what I have because what I have is a result of my choices and my decisions. Right? What someone has is a result of their choices and decisions. So if I don't have enough or if I have what they want, then I'm going to sit down and interview them and find out the choices and decisions they made. So I'm not going to hate. I'm going to relate, appreciate, so I can elevate. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? It says, that wasn't even what we're supposed to be talking about today, but for whatever reason, somebody need to hear it. It says, be content with such things that you have, for he has said, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. So now there's a confidence that God got me covered regardless of the position I'm in. Right? Now, verse 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So no matter what the situation is, what we talked about the other day, but God. I got God. So I don't care how it looks, I got God. Oh, man, that looked crazy. Man, glad I ain't got to deal with it. <laughs> I got God, right? 
See, see, when the crazy come, I'm stepping out the way. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not my department. <laughs> he takes care of that for me. Right? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, I got God, right? Now, the hope is that we're connected to God. As Lou was saying, we're in his presence of God. So when demand on us, what squeeze, what comes out when we squeeze? What's in us? Hopefully God, right? Now, if self is in us, if fear is in us, if flesh is in us, when we squeeze, what's coming out? All the worst case scenarios, the craziness and all types of stuff, right? Right? What you put in you is going to come out of you. All right, so let's look at another scripture because, you know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Let's look at Psalm 27. It's one of my chapters for daily reading. Got to have a recommended daily allowance. Love this psalm. So Psalm 27, obviously we're not going to read the whole thing, but I like verse 3. Now the King James Version says this, Psalm 27, 3, it says, Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. It says, Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. You know, this is one thing I've desired of the Lord, that, I, that will I seek after, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and acquire in his temple. Like Lou was saying, I'm going to stand his presence, right? Right? Didn't you say that this morning, Lou? All right. All right. So uh, the English Standard Version says, though an army camp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war rise against me, yet I will be confident. I'm not confident in me. I'm confident in what? God got me. <laughs> right? And so, so this is the thing. This, this life is not without attack, right? It's not without tests and trials. It's just we have to get to a point where we're prepared for them. And how do we prepare? Submerging ourselves in God. As we talk about in our Bible school, abiding in Christ, right? So we got to go deeper. So, so, so if, if we're feeling the attack, that's an that's a, a indication. It's like your thermostat. That's your indication. Oh, I'm not deep enough. I'm not submerged enough. Because if I'm submerged in Christ, he deals with the attack, not, not me. So it's, it's similar to marriage. So, so, so I married my wife. When I married my wife, I became a husband, a houseband. So now I cover the house. So when we're under attack, like one year, one year, I write a vision every year for our house, just like we have a vision every year for the church. So one year I, I was, I was, I got the, a piece of it. The Bible says, you know, in part, but I couldn't get the details. And I didn't get it. It's like, you know, it's almost the end of the year. I really don't have the vision. So she has this detailed dream. Now, I was always encouraging her to write down her dreams. So I said, did you write that down? She said, yeah. So I, I said, well, give me that. So she didn't, she didn't have the interpretation. She's just like, man, this, this is so vivid. And it was, it was almost like a, a little mini book, right? So I, I go on my study. I said, Lord, what's this? He said, oh, that's the rest of your vision. It was like 80% of the vision. I'm like, oh, oh, Lord, I'm the visionary. I'm the man of the house. He said, yes. Y'all dealt with a lot of attack this year, didn't you? I said, yeah, we did. He says, well, while you were protecting the house, dealing with the impact of it, right, you were freeing her up as the radio man to get my signals and the coordinations. He says, so I don't care how it's packaged, whether it's emotional, whether you don't like the flavor, but you better listen to that, that girl. And so, so that was our vision that year. And just about 80% of it came to pass. So, yes, I'm a leader, but I got to be smart enough to know how to listen to the team. 
right? But I said that to say, I dealt with the impact. She was freed up because she didn't deal with the brunt of the impact. So we submerge ourselves into Christ. He deals with the impact. So we go through stuff and be like, I know something was happening, but I don't know, it just didn't feel like the regular stress as normal because I'm submerged in Christ. So if you feeling it right now, go deeper. Right? If you feel it, like if you, if you, ah, it took everything for me to get up and come to church today, then go deeper. Right? That help us a little bit? All right, so we're talking about courage, right? So courage is what faith looks like. Courage is what faith looks like. See, courage is what moves our feet out of the cement of fear to walk by faith. Courage is what moves our feet out of the cement of fear to walk by faith. Right? See, see, fear will cement you. It will paralyze you. You'll spend so much time analyzing the worst case scenarios, you won't do nothing. You're, you're waiting for the perfect circumstance. But the Bible says, he that studies the wind shall not sow. It's talking about farmers. Uh, as soon as it's perfect conditions, I'm going to take this precious seed and plant it in the ground. Ah, weather's not that good today. Ah, the weather's changed today. Ah, the wind's blowing too hard today. Ah, well, you ain't going to get no harvest. See, you, you, you cement it in your fear of, I don't want to lose. So what are you playing off of? Losing. You're trying not to lose as opposed to taking steps to win. That's faith. Fear will have you cemented, right? But courage is the faith that has you taking steps in the midst of being cemented in fear. You see the difference? Right, so we, and we gotta, you have to practice this. That's what our homework was for. Like when, don't wait till everything's on the line. You know, I play basketball. If I only practice shooting jump shots, like in a tough game, <laughs> No, I'm practicing when nobody's around. I'm practicing when nobody's yelling, cursing me out, trying to punk me. I'm practicing where so it becomes a habit and a default without me thinking about it. Right? Like when I first got on a bike, when I first got on a bike, man, it, 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 was, it was pretty serious because I'm not, you know, am I going to keep my balance? Am I going to fall? And then they gave us training wheels back then little wheels on the back. And so one of mine's broke. I've told the story a thousand times. And so what I would do is I, I, I had a little more confidence, but if my confidence slipped, I just leaned to the wheel that I had. You know what I'm saying? So I'd be riding, and if I fell a little wobbly, I'd like, just lean over here to this wheel. See, so this is what's happening in our life. When we're halfway in Christ, we only got one wheel. And so what we're doing is we're going out there, and we feel a little wobbly, and we just lean over to Christ. Right, but it got to a point where I lost the wheel, right? Well, well, well now I had to figure out if I want to ride that bike, I had to figure out how to ride the bike by faith. So I had to ride the bike as if I had wheels. Because the wheels were there, they just, I just couldn't see them in the visible. And do you know from this day, I can just ride a bike without thinking about it? I'm, no matter what happens, 
whatever gravity's out there. <laughs> you shouldn't have laughed because I would have forgot about it if you didn't laugh. So <laughs> she's laughing because we went on vacation and I was at the gym, so she grabbed the bike and fell. <laughs> she must have forgot about the wheels. <laughs> so, so that's how she started laughing. I had forgot about it, but you started laughing and remind me of it. Right? So, 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 so similar, now I can ride a bike by default without even thinking about it. This is how we're supposed to be operating in faith. It should be our default without even thinking about it. If it's not, we haven't, once again, we haven't practiced enough for it to become our habit. Right? We haven't practiced it enough. We haven't exercised our faith enough to become our habit. Right? See, and what happens is this courage corrects our natural sight to, vi- to spiritual vision. See, because what happens is we just look in the natural, it does look daunting or insurmountable. It seems hopeless because it's uncertain. But, but courage, courage gives you a new prescription, right? And you, and you, you right. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and you start to see what you can't see. Look, look, you're, you're submitted in fear, but you start to walk by faith. You know what I'm saying? And not by sight. You just, you know, you, you, walk, into, you walk into the uncertainty. You know what I'm saying? Like you, but, but you walk in going, I, I can't, I don't know what's going to happen here, but God's with me. So I'm not, God's with me. And before you know, you, you're just walking through. You know, you, you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> A little flashback, right? <laughs> when I did that, I just remember, you know, <laughs> right, right, Lou? <laughs> but I'm saying, you <laughs> I'm not trying to flashback. Old things have passed away. But what I'm saying <laughs> I don't know, it just felt like leaping or something, you know. But anyway, you, you, you walk by faith, but you, you flow different. You operate different. I, I, I remember when I, when, when I first started playing basketball, because I'm a cerebral thinker, I would calculate everything. It looked like it's clear over there. <sighs> Not sure. It doesn't look like, you know, if, if I do this, they might step in the way. If I go over here, I, go over here. I don't know. And let me just pass it for right now. Right? You know, and I remember I started playing with guys that, that I looked up to, and I was like, why don't you shoot more? Like, you don't miss that much. Why don't you shoot more? But what I would do is I would, I would, I would be safe. I was just operating safe. You know, like, oh, I know I can make this one. You know, so my percentage was great, even in college, you know, because I'm safe. But, but, I, but I got to a point where I couldn't sit still and safe. Like, something just was... Like something just, you know, like, it was like more. I knew it was more, right? Something just, you know, so now, so, so, so I said, well, I'm just going to have to, I'm just going to have to leap into the move. So what I did was if I saw a peak, I would attack. And, it, and then it started getting good because every time I would come out at the basket, like all the time, I would just like, I, I started saying, if you lean any type of way, I'm taking you. So I would just explode and I would end up at the basket all the time. And so it just started getting good. So I said, oh, I got something here. 
Just attack. It'll open up. Just attack. It opens up. It started becoming like, get smart. You know, you took a step and the door opened. That's how it just started, started opening up. It was, it was like, and then the Lord showed me, they don't know what you're going to do. Only you do. Just let me lead you. Y'all think I'm talking about basketball. It's the same thing in life. Like, be led by the Spirit, and you'll find yourself in places you never thought possible, doing things you never thought you could do. But we can't be like that prodigal son who stayed home, playing it safe. Right? We got to walk by faith. Right? God is like, can I participate in this earth realm through your life? Can I participate? I'm putting all this stuff in you. Can I do it? Can I speak through you? Can I sing through you? Can I act through you? Can I create through you? You're sitting around, oh, that ain't all that. Okay, then show me better then. It ain't. You're right. It ain't all that. Now show me better. We don't have to, keep, we don't have to criticize nobody ever again. We can show them better. But if we're just sitting there criticizing in the stands, but we ain't coming out to coach the game, one person is out there operating in courage and maybe making mistakes along the way. The other person is sitting there judging the mistakes because they can't see the courage. If you saw the courage, you would never judge anybody on the platform. Ever. I don't even know what to tell y'all, but I have the courage to let God use me to share whatever he wants. So, so, so y'all should just be praying, supportive, and excited because at least he has the courage to try to help us. Because I'm sitting back here and I ain't getting up there. So that should, it should, should be so much appreciation for people that's willing to be on the lines. Right? Because guess what? It takes courage. Right? It don't take courage to criticize. But it does take courage to show them how to do it. Here, let me help you. Let me show you a better way. Remember with the disciples? He said, hey, he said they, uh, they didn't trip on Apollos because Apollos, it was like, Apollos with us. Apollos was out there preaching too. And they was like, what is it? I mean, Good heart. You got a good heart, brother. But there's some things you're missing. But, but, but they were told, hey, he's with us, though. He's in the courage family. Hey, just sit him down and give him a more better way, a more excellent way. So they didn't sit back and just, mm, look at that fool. He don't roll like us. They didn't do that. Hey, I'm going to help you out. You, you see what I'm saying? Now, now we are operating in courage. Yeah. Let me put myself on a line too. Yeah. Amen. Okay, all right, all right. We, <laughs> we, we can shift our whole flow. So again, the scripture says walk by faith and not by sight. That takes courage, right? So courage is an unwavering and anchoring confidence. See, so, 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 see, I'm unwavering. I'm 
anchored in my confidence. I'm not moved based on circumstances. See, I have the courage to stand even when no one's coming. Right? I'm not, I'm not, see, see, a courage assures that you're found away, found in faith. When the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith? Courage assures this. You know, I sought for a man, but I couldn't find one. I couldn't find no one had the courage to be used to go out and share the word or to stand in the gap is what the scripture says. I need someone to stand in the gap. My, the, the word from God comes so powerful. It's like, you know, I always use the, uh, the power station. I know I'm saying it all wrong, but he's an engineer. But the, the power doesn't start at your plug. It comes to some power lines, right? Well, well. The plug is connected to a circuit breaker, right? Circuit breaker is connected to what? Transformer. Transformer is connected to the power lines. The power lines go to what? The plant? The generator? Substation. So the substation is connected to what? Right. Somewhere down there is water somewhere too, right? Right? Yeah. So, so, so. But, but if we got the power that's coming directly from the water or the substation and we plugged our, our coffee maker into it, we're going to die, right? Uh, Terrence said it'd be very bad. So basically, from, from, from where it's originating from, all those different si situations are breaking the power down, right? So by the time it gets to our plug, it's broken down in a small increment of power that we can handle. See, 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 y'all didn't, didn't, didn't see that one, right? So when we come to the kingdom, it's understandable we can't handle the word. That kind of makes sense. So God calls disciples and men and women of God to break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down. Well, we can handle it, right? So, so that's why he calls people to stand in the gap. One of the things we learned in Bible school in the uh, How to Interpret Scriptures class is there's gaps in understanding. That's why there's, there's ways you have to interpret the word. Of course, it doesn't make sense to you. It does, the, the Bible says the natural man can't understand the things of God, nor can he discern them, process, grasp them. They're spiritually discerned, right? There's gaps in understanding. But the overconfident person, the flesh person goes, I don't understand because it's not understandable. No, no, you don't understand because there's gaps in your understanding. So the humble person says, hey, I need to go or get around someone that can break it down, break it down to fill in the gaps so I can understand. Now I can have courage too. You see that? See, but the, the prideful person goes, I already know all I need to know. And I've already set myself. See, they're anchored too. They're just anchored in pride. You ain't moving me. Because I've established myself in this pride and I don't want the responsibility to be accountable to grow and to flow in the things of God because I can't control it. And I only participate in what I can control. And then if I do that, you're out ahead of me and now I got to submit to you being ahead of me to break it down, break it down, break it down where I can understand it. But it would take humility for me to realize I don't understand some things because in my world, I'm the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. 
If I get into your world, I now my status has decreased. No, it hasn't. It's increased because now you're going to add to what you don't know. Now you can grow. You see the difference? I don't know why we talked about that, but somebody needed to hear. So we're talking about, we're talking about courage and being anchored in faith, being found in faith. We, we went over in our uh, Bible study fellowship. We was going through Matthew 25, right? Uh, the parable of the ten virgins, right? And so with the ten virgins, you had, you know, they had their lance lip waiting on the Lord. So some of them had oil to keep it lit, representing the anointing, and then they had extra. Some of them kind of took it for granted, like, I'm good, I'm good. So they didn't keep themselves stored up with the oil they needed. So then their, their, their light ran out. Their lamps ran out. The word is a lamp unto your feet. So if your lamp run out, you lose sight of where you are in life. Right? The word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Right? So their lamps run out. They lose sight of where they are. So if you don't know where you are, you can't get where you're going. You can't even get where you're going if you don't know where you're at when you come to the mall. When it says you are here and you don't know where you are, that's why you look for you are here. You want to find out where you're at so you can get where you're going. Even Google asks you current location. So this is the thing. We're in life. We're not even embracing our current location. We're lying about where we're at. That's what, that's what you was talking about yesterday, right? Truth and a lie. Guy talk. 10 a.m. on Saturdays, right? So Ed was talking about truth and lie. He's like, he's being honest. He was talking about making a move. He made a move for the wrong reason or not. It wasn't all led by God. It was kind of led by ego with some other stuff, right? I won't get into the detail, but he could share it. You know, we didn't record God talk. But he was saying he had to come clean because some things wasn't going well. And so he had to come clean with God, find out where he was at, and then share where he was at with his wife. Right? It took what? It took courage to be honest about where he was at. Right? And so, so these virgins, the, 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 the light goes out, and they go, hey, can, we, can I get some of your oil? Oh, no, 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 no. What they said was, if they weren't trying to be selfish. They said, if we give you oil, we won't have enough for ourselves or you. So we all lose. So you're still going to lose if I give you oil. So you're going to have to go get your own. They come back, the Lord then came, and then rolled out. They show up at the door knocking, hey, 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 let us in. I don't know you. You worker of iniquity. See, you didn't stay in faith and you wasn't ready. Right? You see what I'm saying? You you got me? All right, all right, all right. So so that was the parable of, I just slipped that in because we talked about that this week, right? All right, so it takes courage to embrace our position in the wilderness. See, see, a lot of times we're trying to rush out of the wilderness, but the wilderness is a good thing. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8.2, it says, I've, I've, I've brought you in the wilderness to humble you, to prove you, so you would know what's in your heart. Where you at? Right? Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, right? So, I brought the, so, so, so but we also know through the wilderness, because we was talking this on the message of liberty, loose from bondage, when you're bound, you want to get free, right? right? So the first thing God does is free you. 
but you're physically free, not mentally. Right? So you still, you, you, you ever get out of the relationship and it's still tormenting you? You know, some of y'all have... It's pretty serious over here. All right, but, but even, even when we break out of the house, you ever break out of the house but the parents still torment you? You know, you freak. I, I remember, forgive me, sis. My, my sister probably see this. So I remember, uh, so I came to my family. Yeah, y'all know I grew up in the early stages with foster parents. So I came to my family. I visit my, my, my dad on the weekends. So I was with my sister. My sister had permission to smoke, right? But when my parents would come home, you could hear the door, right? You could hear the little squeak in the door. Now, she could be washing dishes or something. She would. Put the cigarette out. I was like, what are you doing? Don't you got permission to smoke? Like, yeah, but I, you know, I just, I was like, what are you doing here? Like, you, you free. Like, you know, but there was something in there that wouldn't allow her to operate in that freedom. Right? You know, you know, you go into the relationship and you, you, you have this battle argument and then your spouse discover, okay, all that you say you despise about your parents, you realize you becoming. Because they probably didn't tell you what you despise you become. You ain't know that, right? I'm going to tell you. So, you. so the whole time, I just can't take they doing this. And your spouse looking at you like, how do I say this? And they, they wait as long as they can. They finally blurt it out in the argument, which don't work, right? You're just like your daddy. Now, you can't stand your daddy. So that done created a whole what? Tornado, right? Like, what? What did you say? You know, a person lost their mind now, right? Right? But, but why is it such an issue? Where's that coming from? It's still in here. So the wilderness is used to purge that out of you. That's why the children of Israel, they were relieved from bondage of Egypt but God sent them to the wilderness because he knows if I don't send you to the wilderness, if I don't burn out the bondage that's, that's still embedded, you're going to take it into the promised land. So now the promised land or for us, the promised life is going to be temporary. You remember we always talk about the caged birds. They were so plugged and picked with every time they try to, to come to the door, you know, because the guy, the guy has some birds and um, I got this from a, uh, Mississippi Mass Choir album. Yeah, that's Mississippi, right? So this guy says, uh, what you going to do with those birds? He says, well, I'm, I'm going to keep poking and picking with them for a while, but then I'm going to take them up on the hill and kill them. He says, well, tell you what, I'll buy those birds from you. He says, it's going to cost you. What's it going to cost you? It's going to cost you everything. He says, okay, whatever it costs, I'm buying the birds. So he buys the birds, takes the birds up on the hill, opens the cage for them to come out. The birds weren't coming out. They were now bound in their mind. They were used to, every time they came to that door, they got poked and prodded and cut. And so they couldn't see the opening. They could only see through the lenses of fear. So they, they were free, but would stay bound. This is, the scripture says in Galatians, 
I made you free. Why would you go back to the weak and beggarly elements where you desire again to be in bondage? Galatians 4, 8. You free. Walk in your freedom, right? But, but, but God knows we operate that way. So he says, I'm going to take you to the wilderness. So it takes courage to rest in the wilderness when other people are not. But other people aren't getting your promises. You are. So you embrace your wilderness. Be courageous. But we get, I can't believe God is allowing this. I can't believe you're not letting him do what he's doing. You don't want to take this mess into, listen, listen, we don't even enjoy the first parts of our relationship. Like we was going at it for the first one and a half, two years. Why? We brought the craziness and the junk from the past that we thought we left into our marriage. So, so what you trying to say? She already said what she said, but, but now I'm looking through the lenses of what I've been through. You questioning my manhood woman? You know, like all types of craziness. Like, like, yeah, yeah. do you love me? What, you, where did that come from? It came from where I've been. Oh, <laughs> listen. Right? So, 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 so you got to embrace the wilderness so you can stop all that noise. You, you, we, we're supposed to be enjoying this life with God. Right? Does that make sense? All right. Mm. All right, so, so, so there's courage to embrace this position, right? So, it, so now we have to communicate it from our position of humility in the wilderness as we find out what we don't know versus proving what we do. See, we always want to act like we're somewhere we're not. So we work so hard about trying to prove what we know. Everything we know has gotten us where we are, and we're trying to leave there. So we're trying to find out what we don't know, not trying to prove what we do, right? So that takes humility. Now, okay, you made the move. You don't have to keep uh, uh, proving it was the right move. You just have to embrace the move you made and what adjustments you need to make. That's it. It takes humility for that, right? Got <laughs> Got one amen, two amens. Some of y'all still ain't embraced the humility yet, right? <laughs> see, see, while you're in this process of courage, you're going to be mocked. Because you're doing stuff different than what everybody says you should do or what everybody understands what God's telling you to do. Right? And that's a part of your wilderness. The, per- the Bible says you receive a hundredfold with persecution. But, but, but you say, why would God allow the persecution? Because... God, as far as God is concerned, it's only going to make you stronger. If you, if, if you use it right, it's not supposed to swallow you up. You're supposed to convert it into power and energy and strength and courage, right? You know, one of the things I learned, um, uh, uh, he actually coached uh, last night against Ohio State. But the, the person I'm about to use in this example, so I, I did Bible study at Ohio State University, so... Uh, the head coach of Notre Dame, uh, Marcus, was a linebacker. And so he comes in, he's a freshman, he comes in to Bible study, and he's like, man, this is a terrible day. You know, I've told this story before, too. And he was like, uh, I just never said the name. Uh, but he was like, man, uh, man, I just did everything wrong. I was like, good. 
He says, Coach is just getting on me. I was like, great. He's like, what do you mean great? I said, how else are they going to know how you're going to handle 105,000 people? You're going to make a mistake out there too. It's not that you're not going to make a mistake. It's how you're going to handle the mistake. And so they're watching how it, how it plays out now. You know, you know this, he, he's one of the youngest coaches in college football. But he's gone through adversity, courage. He gets drafted. Ends up with an a, a, a injury in the physical where they tell him he can't play in the NFL. So he has to have courage. This is, he just gets to the NFL, his dream. All of your friends, uh, Laurinaitis, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, all of the, these was all his boys. All of them are playing in the NFL. He had to have courage to embrace his wilderness. And now he's one of the youngest head coaches in Division I football. He was just on last night, right? I was thinking the same thing. They should have won. Sorry about that, Marcus, but I thought you should have won. You know, not like I don't like Ohio State, but I wanted Marcus to win the game. But, but sorry, guys. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? It takes courage to embrace your wilderness, right? Yeah. Right? And, and so you're going to be mocked. Like, they almost won last year. They almost won this year. So you got to endure that because you go through, through losses to win. There was, it wasn't a failure by no means. It was a setup. You see, so you got to go through that process. You, you, you can't shrink in those moments. It takes courage to go through that process. Somebody may mock, man, y'all should have won a game, should have did this, should have that. You got to eat that. Uh, 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 Deanna and them got, they ain't score at all. Oh, uh, well, I, I turned it off. Maybe they got six points. Okay. <laughs> Last three minutes. But, but I, I ain't seen it yet, but I, but I can guarantee you he embraced the press conference. He's embracing the wilderness. Because he understands there's a bigger picture. The, the team that beat him, the coach that beat him, they've taken losses. You understand? It's like the loss is not bad, right? I know I use sports because I watch sports, <laughs> right? Right? So understand this, this, this mocking is a part of the process. Jesus went through mocking. Now, look, Jesus shows up as the Messiah. He's healing 5,000 uh, uh, spitting on clay, uh, you know, he's speaking as one with authority. It says, he, he speaks as one with authority. He calmed the sea and walked on water, all right? Now he gets to a point where he, and he's feeling good. Like, I'm with the Father, just that. So, you know, it's a level of boldness you operate in. Well, now he's getting to a point where what he came for is about to happen. The scripture says in Matthew 27, when you have time, you can read it for yourself, 27 through 31, it said he, he was kind of sorrowful. So in other words, he was feeling a little out of it. What it was is he was taking on the reality of what he had to do. And it's totally different. He's been the Messiah and he's been Superman in the earth realm. Right? You know, because he came from the spirit realm. He's, stuff he's doing is like, had never been done before. You know, then, right, 
just a week before, they was putting out palms. He's riding a, a donkey that's never been rolled. You know, he's riding a Mercedes through the town, right? And they're, they're Hosanna, Hosanna. Like, it's a roar. It's not, it's not a ticker tape parade. It's, it's everybody. It's like the whole Charlotte, right? And then now he feels something, something, something shifted. So he goes into the garden and he prays, if it's your will, let this bitter cup pass from me. Same situations we're in. So, he, so if it's possible because, you know, you may, have, you, you may have an Abraham plan. Tell me to, you know, maybe told Abraham to give up his son, but then it was a ram in the bush. Well, Jesus checking, I seen you operate. Maybe it's a ram in the bush here. Maybe somebody else dying, right? But he ain't getting nothing different. So he comes back, disciples sleep, and he's feeling some kind of way like, really? Y'all couldn't pray with me an hour? Like, are we serious? So he goes back and prays again. He asks the same question. See, just like us. Can I get out of this wilderness right now? Right? And he said, but if it's your will, he ain't get, he ain't get no, oh, sure, buddy. So he goes back. Talks to the disciples again. He said, man, go on to sleep at this point. Goes back a third time and asks the same question. After that, it didn't talk about the detail, but I guarantee God was like, are we serious? He was like, I got you, Lord. And you can see he not only went through it, but when they thought he wasn't going to go through it, he says, he shifted his whole flow. He says, Am I not supposed to do what God told me to do and take up my cross and do this? Man, please. Like, I'm doing this. His whole shift changed just by having a conversation in the wilderness with God. But God didn't relieve him. He had to embrace his wilderness. He had to take up his cross. Why are we running from ours? Why do we think we're going to be fulfilled at our convenience. Where did we get that from? Where did that come from? And why are we mad at God? Because he's taken us through the training. Matter of fact, didn't you go through some training? Like, why are you mad that you're going through training? How are they going to use you? How are you going to be? You, 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 you do planes, right? You do planes? What do you do? What did you just say? Communications. Communications. But, but, you, but what did you say before that? Combat, right? Calm guy. Okay. But is communications important? So, so if you tell somebody the wrong thing and they're in the wrong place, they could die, right? So you just can't like, it, it's probably, it's probably, listen. I don't even really know. Try these coordinates. <laughs> no, no, no. I was on my, I was on my, play, I was on my PS4. Ah, listen, it's somewhere in that area. Let, call me back. No, it's moments. Somebody could die. So they had to train you for that, right? You got to be focused. You got to be diligent. You just get up every day, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, sometimes 4, sometimes 5, whenever you feel like it. Sometimes you show up 
Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're late. You're probably late most of the time because you, you tell yourself you got a cushion. That's how y'all roll. Ah, what's another 15 minutes? Somebody's life. So you can't complain about the training because somebody's life is on the line. Y'all think I'm talking about the military, don't you? <laughs> Lives are on the line. You have access to lives. There's been lives with you the entire week that you ain't paid no attention to. But God designed you to save, change, and resurrect lives. So why are you in your little, I'm just in a little funky mood right now. So I didn't show up to be in position for the communication. Nah, I'm just going, you know, I'm just feeling some kind of way right now. No, 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 you can't be just feeling some kind of way. You just feel a little down and out. Somebody's going to lose their life. So you got to get past how you feel. See, I know that because I deal with communications. I'm in comms. <laughs> and guess what? I went through training. And I got to hear accurately. Ah, Gerard, just try this. It might work. Ah, Terrell, just do this, whatever. You know what? I just feel like I want to be emotional, so I'm going to, I've seen this on TV where they prophesy, so I'll just prophesy. Speak something over your life. I'm not going to even think about the fact that you see me as authority and you're going to take my word serious. I'm just going to throw something out there so I can look good. <laughs> no. You can't waste one word. You got to shut out the noise. Like I can't smoke or drink. Are you kidding me? I, look, it could throw off the signal. Lives are dependent on it. Lives are dependent. Listen, if, if you just watch it, I was telling my niece, even around family, I was like, I said, well, niece, some things I can't be around. I said, because what I expose myself to, I'm exposing the church to, but what I expose myself to could affect the signal. So I'm not, and I told her, I said, will people come to my house? Is this stuff you just can't do? I'm not mad at you. I have to keep, we have to keep the house a certain way so we can get the signal, so we can communicate effectively. When we go to your house, we can't tell you how to operate in your house, but we can choose how long we want to be there or if we want to come. We, we ain't going to get mad at you. We just gone. We out. You see the difference? Right? So, so, but it takes courage. It takes courage to represent. Like, I have people that come in town and don't come see me. And sometimes people have come in town, hung out, and left Sunday morning. Now, everybody and their mama know I'm a preacher. And what I, what I love to do happens on Sunday morning, not just Sunday morning. So they just leave. I, you interview them, have them cuss them out. Having trip, I don't curse anyway, but I don't having trip, didn't get an attitude, didn't get an upset. But I felt it. You don't want to spend no time at my house? Well, it's not my house, but God's house with me. I'm going over daddy's house. You don't want to come? 
right? But I understand it because I went through training. <laughs> I don't take it personal. Right? What'd you say, Terrence? Yeah. You know, I hear everything. Huh? You said, not me. It's not me. Exactly. Right. All right. So you got me? So, so I deal with the mockings. I deal with the, here, here go Mr. Holy. Oh, so you better than us. It never came out of my mouth. I can't do what you do. That's, if you ask me, I'll tell you, oh, I can't do that. Now, and I won't say it like, like, you weak. I'll say it like, oh, I, I can't handle that. I can't, wait, well, you, you, can, you can drink and still move towards purpose. You're a better person than me. You'll never hear me say, see, you, you, you fool. No, I'll just be like, you're a better person than me. I can't do that. I can't maintain my clarity to purpose and take in anything that's going to impair it. Maybe you can. Maybe it's fulfilling for you. Yes, I'm being sarcastic, which I promised not to do, so I apologize for that. I just slipped a little sarcasm in there. God's still working on me too, right? All right. So, so, so we're going to have to deal with this courage. We're going to we're gonna have a few minutes left here. We have to deal with some mocking, right? You know, mo, uh, it's inferred that Noah dealt with some mocking. Somebody tell you to build an ark, size of two football fields, for rain that never existed. It, it didn't necessarily say specifically how he was mocked, but come on. We, know how I know he was mocked? All them people that died. So do you think when they died is when they didn't believe? No, the whole time he's building that thing. I guarantee you somebody's walking. You know how we do. Look at this fool. Yeah, 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 you heard about that dude? Yeah, for a lot, because it's years now. Yeah, the, the guy down the street that's building, he only got like eight kids, but he's building like something the side for like the whole neighborhood. But, but he says he's building it for something called rain. <laughs> what, what, what is that? <laughs> that's an idiot, man. And, you know, he don't want to hang out with us. He don't want to do some of the things that, I mean, he could use all that carpentry skill and make some money around here. You know, he could build some porches, some chairs, stuff like that. But he don't waste all that time, you know, trying to build something for something. What is it again? Rain. That dude, yeah, he's been doing this for years. It was funny until the flood came. You're building stuff for the kingdom. You're going to deal with mocking. People are going to say, you could be using that energy for something else. And they're going to mock, and it's going to be funny until the flood of blessings come. It won't be funny then. The Bible says you receive double for your shame. Right? So I... I want us to process that. See, see, I want to give us this last piece. This is, then we'll, we'll uh, get out of here. So courage is who we are when it seems no one else is coming. Courage is who we are when it seems no one else is coming, no one else believes, and no one else supports. Courage is who we are 
when it seems nobody else is coming, right? You got to pioneer it, right? When it seems nobody else believes and no one will support. So let's look at 1 Kings uh, 18, and then we'll close out so we can do something very special. 1 Kings 18 and uh, 16. All right, so this is the story of Elijah. So God, first of all, God tells Elijah to go to Ahab. Elijah didn't really want to go to Ahab because Elijah had this rep of saying what God says and it was against what all the kings was doing. So even when Ahab saw him, he says, oh, you're the one that's been troubling us. He's like, man, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just a messenger, basically. He's like, I'm just a messenger. So verse 16 says, so uh, Obadiah went and met Ahab and told him that, you know, Elijah wanted to meet with him. And Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass when, when, Elijah, when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house in that ye have forsooken the commandments of the Lord and has followed uh, Balaam. He says, so I didn't trouble Israel. You guys have. It says, now therefore uh, send and gather to me all of Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal, 400, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400. So really 850, which eat at Jezebel's table. So he says, gather all the prophets, gather all the people, because you people don't lost your minds, right? Right, so it says, so Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto the people and said, how long halt ye between two opinions? This is what God says to us. How long are we going to be double-minded? If the Lord be God, follow him. If, but if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. So he says, basically choose. This is what God's telling us every day. Choose. Choose you this day who you'll serve. You know, Joshua 24, 15. It says, why do you keep halting between two opinions? If God is God, follow him. If not, go ahead and follow the devil. There is no in-between. You can't say, well, I'm not following the devil. I'm not following God. Well, if you're not following God, that's like saying, I'm not submitting to, to aerodynamics, but I'm not submitting to gravity either. No. If you're not submitting to aerodynamics, you're subject to gravity, right? That's not true. I don't see anybody floating around this room. So we ain't trying to fly. <laughs> we grounded. If you're not submitting to God, you're grounded with the world, all right? All right, so he says don't halt between two opinions, right? Then it says, then, Elijah, then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. So he says, I'm by myself. Ain't nobody else coming. He says, Baal's prophets are 450 men. So he says, I'm by myself. They got 450. It don't take 450 for us to get in trouble. It take 4.5. Right? So, so now he's alone, if you, if you go here, you know, so then they, he tells them to call on their God. I'm going to paraphrase the story. They told them to set up, call on their God. 
they cutting themselves, they doing all these rituals. He start, he flipped the script. He's mocking them. One person. It's 450 of them. He's like, no, maybe he ain't hear you. Yell a little louder. <laughs> He's like, you know, you, you, maybe you need to cut some more. Maybe you need to spend some more. Whatever they was doing. He was like, oh, no, no, you probably just not, not really don't have the right passion behind it. All right? So it's 450 of them. Uh, verse 36. So it says, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. So before he starts praying to call on his God, he called on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but he says, hey, and we can do this. People come at you, you can say, oh, if you're serving God, you can say, hey, God. Now, I'm following the footsteps of everybody before me. I'm calling on you because I'm serving you and they're mocking me. So today I need you to show them that I'm with you. Yeah, I've been saying it for years. I, I, I was, I would, I'd always say, Lord, these people like looking at me like super Christian boo-boo the fool. I said, endorse my life to show them I'm serving you. This is what Elijah did. And the scripture says, you can read the story for yourself. That's why I gave you the chapter. But it says God showed up, not only showed up for the altar he built, but took out the other altar. And then the story goes on. And then they took out all the prophets. They all died that day. One person had to have the courage to represent God. Nobody else was coming. Sometimes we don't even start a business unless we go get somebody that eventually sabotages our business in the first place. Because God gave it to you. Right? We, we, we're partnering with these folk trying to live out their dreams, but you can't fly with somebody else's wings. God gave, gave us wings. We got to fly with our own wings. We have to have the courage if nobody else is coming. Nobody else believes. I'm still going with God. Right? So God is saying, why halt between two opinions? Either you're with me or you're not. But if you're with me, be with me. If you're not, stop playing. Stop misrepresenting me. I don't need you to acknowledge me. I don't need you to keep quoting all stuff that you don't even know what it means. I need you to be obedient and represent me. That's what I need. I don't need you to keep telling people, you know, don't judge me. I got my own relationship with God. God knows my heart. You know what God is saying? Do you know your heart? Because I sure do, and it's not with me. So he said, stop saying that. Because you wouldn't have to say it. You wouldn't have to say if somebody's talking to you, hey, don't know, God knows Mark. You wouldn't have to say that. You would be asking, obviously, you see something that don't represent God. It should, it should push you to be on your face, not to save face. Right? Just something to think about. Stand on your feet, that's all. You know, you know I just, just get, 
Oh, well, well, hold, hold up. Let's do it this way. Yeah, we're going to, let me see. I will stand off and we'll pray. Then I'm going to ask you to sit back down, okay? We're just going to pray. We're not going to come to the altar at this time because we have to do something important, okay? Okay.